Are you making one of the most common mistakes when it comes to weight loss? Are you not eating enough? And the reason this is important is because when you don't eat enough, you're actually slowing down your body's metabolism. The exact opposite of what we want if the goal is to achieve lasting weight loss. So if this is one of the mistakes that you've been making, rest assured, there's still hope. I'm gonna walk you through exactly what happens and what you want to do differently. All right, so let's get started. Welcome to the Happy and Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Lang. And this podcast is dedicated to my fellow women in STEM. After working in high tech for 10 years, in 2004, I became the proud owner of Pacific Heights Health Club in San Francisco, where I worked with thousands of clients over the span of 15 years to help them reach their health and fitness goals. Now I'm sharing what I've learned about what works as well as what doesn't work when it comes to making healthy habits stick. So if you want to find out what it takes to achieve lasting weight loss, to create deep health, and feel empowered to live the life you want, you're in the right place. Episode number 132. Well, hi there, Amy here. Thank you so much for joining me today. So Last week, I was talking about a new client that I have and how much she was struggling with this idea of eating slowly. And since it is a new client, I was thinking about those of you who maybe are listening for the first time and have been uh, have been really stuck on the struggle bus. Maybe you've been doing that weight cycling thing where you lose weight only to gain it back and then some, and then lose weight again, and then regain it, that whole thing. Very, very frustrating. And one of the things that actually, I would say it's probably the most common mistake people make when it comes to lasting weight loss. And that is simply not eating enough. So are you eating enough? And when I say enough, let me actually unpack this a little. Our bodies need a certain number of calories in order for it to function at an optimal level. And when I say calories needed, in terms of the food that we eat, we're looking for not just the energy from the calories, but the nutrients from the food that we're eating too. This is all about nourishing our body. So when I say calories needed, I'm also talking about making sure that we're actually keeping up our metabolism as opposed to slowing it down. And when we do that, you'll notice that your energy level stays up and you're able to focus a lot better too. So 
when we don't get enough calories, especially if we're doing restriction at a level that triggers our body to basically trigger the stress response where our body senses, oh, maybe there's not going to be enough food. And our brain is really, really good at conserving energy. So here's something that happens. Let's say your metabolism, just to maintain your current weight, requires 1,800 calories a day. And you've read that to lose a pound of fat a week, you basically need to create a 500-calorie deficit per day. So I've seen folks do one of two things. They either will look at, okay, I need 1,800 calories to maintain. If I want to lose a pound a week, and I'm going to focus on fat loss here, not water weight. If I want to lose a pound a week, that means 500 calories a day. That's a deficit of 500 calories that I need to create. So what are two possible ways you can do that. One is you can actually take in fewer calories, say 1,300 instead of the 1,800. The second might be to actually burn more, meaning to move more, to exercise more, so that you would be burning 2,300 calories and only consuming 1,800. Or some combination of that. Maybe you're eating 1,700 calories and then you're exercising so that you're burning 2,200 calories to make that 500 calorie deficit. Now, if you decided, or you know someone who decided to focus on that 500 calories as cutting back, so going to 1,300 calories a day, the first thing I would be concerned about is whether or not the person was actually even getting enough of the nutrients that their body needed. So we prefer, I always prefer, that we're getting the vitamins and minerals, the protein, all of that stuff from the food that we're eating as opposed to relying on supplements. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, again, 500 calories per day is actually a lot for our body. That's actually something that for a lot of people, especially if we're talking about your body needing 1,800 calories a day, this is not a particularly big body we're talking about. And so that percentage of the overall calories needed will actually trigger a stress response in our bodies, which means that more than likely your body will actually slow down your metabolism in order to respond to the lack of energy it perceives. And over time, depending on how restrictive you are in terms of the calories your body actually needs and the kind of nutrients you're taking in, so for example, if you're not getting enough protein, if you're on a seriously restrictive diet, you may very well lose muscle, which is the last thing we want to do when it comes to our metabolism. We want to build muscle. We want to prevent the loss of muscle as we're getting older. 
So when you're not getting enough to eat, if you're not getting enough calories, let's say you're going for a more drastic caloric deficit. What ends up happening is using my example of needing 1800 calories. Let's say you go for a thousand calories, which would be two pounds a week. Now you're talking about only taking in say 800 calories a day, sub 1000. What is your body going to do? It's going to slow down your metabolism. So if you needed 1800 calories to maintain your weight, and you're only getting 800, your body may very well ratchet it down to 1500 calories a day. So that first week, you may actually see a pretty significant drop. But understand with each day where you're severely restricting calories, your body is slowing down your metabolism. So you may have, may have started out at 1800 calories a day, and then maybe it was 1750, and then 1700, and then 1650. You see what I'm saying? So by the end of the week, maybe it's only 1500 calories. So by the end of two or three weeks, when you've when your body is screaming that it's hungry and it needs more, your metabolic rate may actually have been lowered to like 1,500 calories a day. Now, when you go back to eating 1,800 calories or 2,000 calories, you gain the weight back a lot faster. In a lot of ways, this is what happened to the contestants on The Biggest Loser. So if you do a Google search on Biggest Loser and take a look at what happened to their metabolism, they were working with personal trainers. So they probably didn't lose all that much muscle. They probably gained some muscle. Most people who are focused on calorie restriction, if they do it in such a way where they're severely restricting calories, they might not actually even have the energy to exercise. So now your body is looking at this and saying, oh, well, you're not using this. So in order to conserve energy, I'm going to let go of the muscle too. That is the last thing we want to be doing if we're really trying to achieve lasting weight loss and we want to be healthier. We want to have more muscle, especially as we get older. Because as we get older, we will automatically lose muscle. The rate at which we lose it is what we have some influence over. The last thing you want to be doing is losing muscle because that's what's metabolically active. That's what's going to actually boost your metabolism. All right. So look up the data from The Biggest Loser, the TV show. You will see that folks who were contestants on that TV show who lost a significant amount of weight, when they d went back and look at what was going on with the metabolism for these people, yeah, they lost a whole bunch of weight, but they've regained it. And unfortunately, their metabolism is something like 15 to 20% lower than when they first started on the show when they first appeared.
Now, when I talk about stress, the other thing I want you to understand is that stress is actually the enemy of willpower. And this is a direct quote from the book, The Willpower Instinct, How Self-Control Works, Why It Matters, and What You Can Do to Get More of It by Dr. Kelly McGonigal, who is a Stanford University psychologist. So willpower is that ability to control yourself in terms of your thoughts, your emotions, your desires, and your actions. So when you're stressed, think about it. If you're triggering that threat response, the fight or flight, you'll often hear people will say you get this tunnel vision. Your body is not, is actually turning off the prefrontal cortex, that decision-making part of your brain that you need in order to exercise willpower, to exercise self-control, literally is inhibited when the stress response kicks in. So in this context, when I'm talking about willpower, I'm talking about the ability to delay gratification or to sit with discomfort because we can remember that long-term goal that we want. So what I want you to be aware of when I say, are you getting enough? The key here is not to trigger a state of scarcity for your brain and your body not to perceive scarcity. It means that we get to keep our metabolism higher. It means that our energy level stays up. We can focus. And if you actually are also moving more and nourishing your body, you will also benefit from getting better sleep. So what I want you to do, instead of thinking about how many calories am I eating today, I want you instead to focus on how can I nourish my brain and body today? So if you think about nourishing your body in terms of the foods that we eat, how about front loading your first meal with fruits and vegetables? Pick something easy that you actually know that you can do. In the book, Atomic Habits by James Clear, he talks about the two-minute habit. Is there something that you perceive as being really easy for you to do that aligns with your long-term goals that would help you strengthen your willpower? And I want you to think about willpower as like a muscle here. Okay. And then... When you do create a calorie deficit, let's aim for 200 to 300 calories a day instead. Something that our body really won't perceive as scarcity. And if you could hold actually your caloric intake constant, don't change that. If you're going to change it, just change it in terms of the quality of the food that you're eating as opposed to the calories. Don't even worry about the calories. I actually think if you just maintain your current eating pattern, if you're maintaining your weight, 
and focus on movement, getting some green exercise where you go outside for maybe a five minute walk at the end of the day, that will actually strengthen your willpower. So you've heard about like decision fatigue where you're able to exercise more self-control, more willpower at the beginning of the day. And by the end of the day, you're tapped out. You may actually try going for, say, a five-minute walk at the end of your day. It's kind of like a power nap. You will recharge. You will reinvigorate that willpower muscle that you have to make a few more decisions for the rest of the day that will serve you. All right, so to wrap things up, I want you to make sure that you are actually eating enough. And by eating enough, I mean, not only are you getting the calories needed, but when we look at the nutrients from the foods that you're eating, that we're getting some good quality food in you as well. And this way we'll be able to keep your metabolism up. And that will also help with your energy and your focus. The other thing I want you to do is remember that we want to create a very small calorie deficit. This is one of those slow and steady is going to win the race. And if you can just get, say, a 200 calorie deficit a day and do it with green exercise so that you're outside moving your body, enjoying the fresh air and sunshine, you will actually be strengthening your willpower as well. And that will make staying on track and making decisions that really serve you and align with your long-term goals so much easier. All right, so focus on moving your body and eating enough and eating foods that really are about nourishing our brain and our body. Just focus on that. Don't worry about the rest. Don't worry about the rest. And if this sounds too easy to you, (laughs) I want you to go ahead, go to my website and schedule a mini coaching session with me. And we will come up with that two-minute habit that you can focus on so you can start seeing results. And for a lot of my clients, they really do start feeling the difference within just 14 days. Okay, so I want to wrap things up today with a quote by Zig Ziglar. The greatest good we can do for others is not just to share our riches with them, but to reveal theirs. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B dot com and sign up for my free mini course, How to Lose Weight for the Last Time. And remember, 
Making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens.